helping people cope with and overcome life's challenges. This is Life Transformations with Michael Hart, Canadian Certified Counselor and Award-Winning Psychotherapist. We've probably all seen or heard of stories of someone who's experiencing a psychotic episode and they claim they are hearing from God and it is God who's telling them to act in maybe a bizarre way or maybe they're having visions and beginning to see things that aren't there. As I describe this, you may be thinking to yourselves, those individuals obviously have an illness. I see it. It's so straightforward. But when you begin to think about the Bible and the stories we read, we do see some of these types of experiences in individuals we would consider quote-unquote healthy. Because in our faith, we are taught that we too can hear from God and He will direct our path. And we read stories in the Bible which describe people having seen visions, prophesying, or dreaming dreams that in some cases end up shaping their actions and the actions of the entire community. So how is this scenario different than the one I described off the top? Is there a difference? And what is the line? That's exactly what we're going to be talking about today. And in particular, we're going to be talking about the line between psychosis and spirituality. And I really encourage you to stay with us to learn more about where this distinction lies. If you're joining us for the first time, my name is Melissa Waggett, and I want to welcome you today. today's show. We are so happy that you have decided to join us. If you want to find out more about the show and Elam Counseling Services, I encourage you to go to our website or call us at one 877 3546 Again, 1-877-544-3546, and our website is elamcounselingministry.com. Elam is spelled E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com. For those of you who haven't heard about Elam before, Elam is a professionally counseling organization who strives to provide counseling services to everyone who may need it. So as a result, our services are offered at a sliding scale and we are also um, covered through most insurance plans. We also want to remind people that Elam is a non-for-profit organization. So if you have benefited from this radio show or our counseling services, we encourage you to consider a donation to this valuable ministry so we can continue to provide counseling at subsidized rates and to provide this show each and every week. To provide a donation, you can go to our website at elamcounselingministry.com or by calling us toll-free at one 877 So I'm not alone in studio today. With me each and every week is Michael Hart. He is a certified psychotherapist, and he is also the director of Elam Counseling Services. And he joins us each and every week to explore these interesting topics that have the intersection between our faith and our mental health life. Because we've, as you, for our faithful listeners who are here each and every week, we've come to learn they go hand in hand. You can't have one without the other. So, Michael, I'm so pleased that you've joined me in studio again this week. Thank you, Melissa. It's very, I'm very happy to be here again in studio. But let me say I'm a bit under the weather today. You might be able to hear the stuffiness in my voice. And so what I'm thinking, Melissa, maybe today I'll ask you the questions and you answer. <laughs> you give the answers. Uh, uh, or, maybe, I, or maybe you I can... I have a frog in my throat, <laughs> too. I don't, I don't think I can. Or maybe you'll ask... Your, uh, uh, 
you'll ask the question and answer and I'll just sit here and listen. You did such a good job in opening. Oh, I gosh. could just sit here and just don't struggle through you, this you and know just what we'll watch you. You know what we'll do here, you. Michael? I believe in the power of prayer and faith, so I encourage our listeners to get <laughs> on your knees right now and start interceding on behalf of Michael because I really can't do this alone. So we need to pray through your cold here this morning. All right, so this- be praying, listeners, and we'll give this a shot the way we normally do it with Melissa asking the questions and I giving the answer. That, so let's try uh, to see how this well, works out. It, I'm, and I'm sure it'll turn out fine. Um, I'm really excited about this, sh- uh, this topic because there is a delicate line that becomes into play, especially f- depending on your faith background and um, the types of expression of faith you're exposed to, where there is this confusion sometimes between what is it a spiritual experience and what may be a sign of mental illness. But before we get into today's show, we do want to pause and just remind people about our upcoming healing retreat. We've been talking about it for the past few weeks. For those of you who've forgotten, it is coming up on the weekend of November 16th to 18th. It is going to be at Providence Point in Lanark County. And as we've said, space is very limited. There are only four spots left. So if you've been thinking about coming these past few weeks, please give us a call today and get your name on this list. To get your name on the list, all you need to do is call us toll free at one eight seven seven five four four three five four six, or you can go to our website at elamcounselingministry.com. Elam is spelled E L I M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com. Michael, you wanted to share a little bit though about what people can expect from this retreat. Because when we say healing retreat, we're tackling a lot of things through this. Yes. And I got a call from. Uh, a listener uh, just this week that made me feel that I had to clarify a bit because sometimes there can be a lot of uh, weird things that people expect to go on at a healing retreat and some people have had experiences that were not so good at other so-called healing retreats. But let me say that the healing retreat that we're having is solidly based on biblical principles, and uh, I think this is the one of the only retreat I would say in this part of the country where you have a registered psychotherapist that is there for the entire weekend that will be given guidance uh, and overseeing what goes on. Not just just. Uh, a psychotherapist, but a psychotherapist who is grounded in biblical principle as well. So I think that makes us unique. So what can people expect? So first of all, there's not going to be anything weird that happens. Uh, Secondly, it's not just about physical healing. We're not necessarily praying just for physical healing. But what we do believe is that as we work through emotional issues at this retreat, that people will have uh, physical symptoms lifted in in some areas of their lives as well. So you can expect to have uh, great teaching as well. I'll be one of the speakers at the retreat, so there will be teaching by myself and other uh, well-equipped teachers who are well-grounded in the Word of God. You can expect great worship. There will be worship times as well. But you can also expect uh, very good individual sessions where you are uh, you're you're meeting, you're getting personal attention. It's not just a group setting, but there's going to be time allotted over the weekend for individual time with each person, and that's a key factor to our weekend because we find that in in a group, the individual needs are 
are often not met. So in this retreat, we, we focus times on the individual. There's a, a significant time allotted to individual sessions. And you can also expect a great closing ceremony. I won't give away what the closing ceremony is, but people who have been to our retreat often say that they their lives... They, they have been profoundly changed and impacted by what we do at the end. So if you would like to be a part of this retreat, uh, give us a call at one eight seven seven five four four three five four six, or go on our website at elimcounselingministry.com. Elim is spelled E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com to register. And yes, we just have four spots, four spots remaining. So we really hope... Uh, to see you there. And for those of you who can't join us, we do always ask that you continue to pray for this ministry in that weekend ahead, that lives will be transformed um, and people will have the breakthroughs in all aspects of their life. So, Michael, in preparation for this show, our listeners have come to know this about us. We do like to draw from the Bible and stories we see there. And one of the stories we were just chatting about off air was the experience that Paul had on the road to Tarsus. Yes. And we were trying... The road to Damascus. Uh, yes, sorry. On the road, Paul of Tarsus. <laughs> Thank you. Going to Damascus. So we were describing or talking about this story, how it would have sounded if Paul or Saul at the time had walked into a psychotherapist's office right. and begin to describe the experience right. that he had. A secular psycho- psychotherapist or a secular psychiatrist exactly. uh, would probably look at Paul as having uh, a psychotic episode. So right off the bat, uh, uh, right off the bat, I think it would be important for us to define what we mean by psychosis. So in this show, we were talking about psychosis and spirituality. A psychosis is a mental state in which thoughts, emotions, and actions are out of touch with reality. So if Saul was supposed to, would, would walk into a, a therapist's office, a psychotherapist's office or a psychiatrist's office who doesn't understand the nature of spiritual things and doesn't believe in the Bible and say to this uh, uh, psychiatrist, let us say, I just had this experience where I heard a voice and I saw a bright light and uh, I heard like someone was calling my name, but I couldn't see anyone, but I heard this voice. So right away that they would say that Paul is having, Saul is having auditory hallucination and, and visual hallucination as well. And so he would be most likely medicated in, in some cases. And so it, it, it's important for us as we go sh- to, through this show today to be able to help people to differentiate between what's healthy and what's not and what's psychosis and what's healthy spirituality because sometimes psychosis can also take spiritual form. So we need to uh, talk about how to differentiate as we go through this. Another example in the Bible is the young boy, Samuel, who... Uh, hears a voice at night and uh, goes to Eli, his mentor, and say, I hear a voice. I hear like someone is calling me. And Eli, being a spiritual man, said to him, if you hear that voice again, say, speak, Lord, your servant heareth. Or your servant hears. For those of us who are not familiar with the King James version, <laughs> <laughs> yes. your servant hears. And so, if if 
it was in today's context where a child has that kind of a spiritual experience where they hear God's voice and they were to uh and their parents, their parents who are not spiritually aware, that child might be brought into a psychiatrist to be assessed to see if something is wrong. And sadly enough, many people with healthy spiritual experiences are are branded as having psychotic episodes. I th- I think that the profession, the, the psychiatric profession, is becoming more aware. Of spiritual experience, so they now have this V code under which they put spiritual experiences that are considered to be uh, situations that's worth exploring more fully. But in the past, especially, many people who had these experiences were just right off the bat branded as being delusional, and as a result of that, many Christians today still live in fear of going to secular people to speak about the experiences that they have because they're afraid. One study showed that about 4% of people uh, are afraid of ex- uh, of reporting the the spiritual experiences that they have had because they're afraid of being branded as being psychotic. And this is why we wanted to bring this show forward is because there is such an interplay that happens and there's a normal healthy expression, but if you don't have the right lens or awareness, it can be distorted. So I think you've begun to allude to um, my next question, but does psychosis always mean that someone has a mental illness? Do these things go hand in hand? I think it's important to realize that psychosis comes on a continuum because there are many experiences that we have Sorry, that are that are out of the out of the normal, but it doesn't create this stress, and it doesn't create a state of where a person gets to a, a situation where they're unable to function. So it's possible to 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 have some experiences, for example, as hearing voices that are not necessarily a spiritual experience, but still not not be in a psychotic state. So I guess to, for it to be diagnosed as a psychotic illness, there are certain criteria that must be met according to the DSM-5 that we are now at. And uh, it has to have a negative uh, impact on the person's life. And so the next question I have for you is is similar to the last one. So we described in those scenarios, both for Paul and for Samuel, this concept of like an auditory hallucination um, is how you phrased it could have been interpreted. Right. If someone's maybe experienced a hallucination in the past, does that mean they have something like schizophrenia? Because again, sort of in cultural terms, when we think of hallucinations, a lot of people just think schizophrenia because that's what we sort of see in the media and stuff as a stereotype there. Is that true? Is it one and the other go together? So so having hallucinations or delusions doesn't mean that you're schizophrenic because uh, schizophrenia runs in about 1% of the general population. But studies that have been done uh, shows that about 20% of people have reported experiencing some kind of delusion or have some kind of hallucination. And so that uh, having hallucinations or delusions in themselves doesn't mean that that you're 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 schizophrenic or that you're having a psychotic episode. 
Yeah, because there's a lot of there's a lot of reasons to have it. I think of my own experience sometimes where people may be on medications because of an illness or things like that, or you get a high enough fever and you're in a bit of a delirium. Yes, y- you legitimately think things are there that are not there, right. yes. and that can be quite distressing. Right. So it's it's good to know that it's not one and the other necessarily. The other thing that's been coming to my mind as we've been talking about this, we obviously have a bias, Michael, because we are both of a Christian background and a faith. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm wondering for those people that may be around us that don't share our belief system that we may think is really weird or different, but they're claiming this is a true spiritual experience for me. This is my spirituality. And we may be looking, thinking that doesn't mesh with mine. Does right. that mean they're delusional? Like who's right is all spirituality created equal? I'm putting you on the spot here right now, and we're halfway through time. So, um, all right, let me answer the question first before we 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 take that mid halfway break that we normally take. So, a person might have a, a belief that you totally disagree with, and that you totally realize is not rooted in reality. So, an example of that, like someone might believe that. Uh, let us say, let us use a, a ridiculous example. Say, let us say God is in Texas, right? And that they they believe that you know they need to go there to to see God and worship God because He has a big website online and He's doing all of these great healings and He's he, you know He is a second coming and they, they they believe this very very strongly. Does that mean that the person is 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 psychotic or that they're they're they, it might be a delusion, but it doesn't necessarily mean that because they have strong belief. Like a, a delusion is is something that is is it, it's something that is strongly believed by people who are having psychotic episode, and nothing that you can do can convince them that what they believe is not right. Nothing that you say, I should say, can convince them that what you're saying is not right. But just because your friend believed that God is living in Texas doesn't necessarily mean that this person is having a psychotic episode or that they are they you know they need to be admitted. If you've just joined us, you're listening to the Life Transformation Show. This week, we are talking about psychosis and spirituality. If you've missed the first half of today's show, we encourage you to listen to it on our website at elamcounselingministry.com. Elam is spelled E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com. Or you can call us toll-free at one 877 544 Three five four six, and we'd be happy to give you a copy of today's show. And we also want to remind you of the upcoming healing retreat, the weekend of November 16th to 18th. As we've said off the top, there are only four spaces remaining. So give us a call toll free at one 877 3546 or visit our website at and get your name on the list. So, Michael, we're beginning to pick apart this concept of psychosis and spirituality and where they interact. And you just finished describing um, what we should do or how we should interact with someone who may have a belief system that is very different than ours. You gave the 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 crazy idea of God living in Texas and people right. having to go um, and visit him for their healing and things like that. Is there any other things we should do 
when people are experiencing these things are beginning to differentiate between what is truly an experience from God and what may be a more significant sign of illness. Well, I think uh, to, before I go into that part, to differentiating between the two, let me also say that when it comes to strongly held belief, it's some, it's it's often not what a person believes, but how they believe it that, that makes it cross the line into being a psychosis. So, for example, even healthy Christian beliefs can become can become psychotic in nature. So, uh, so if you if you believe, for example, that the in the rapture and you believe that the rapture is taking place, that that can be a healthy belief. But if you start getting to the place where you are living in a lot of anxiety and fear and you think that maybe you have been left behind, the rapture has already happened and you have been left behind and your your life is falling apart and you can't work anymore because you're so stressed. Now that belief is is entering the territory of being a psychosis, even though it's a common, it's a belief that is commonly held by a lot of people. So it's not so much what you what you believe, it's how you believe it. And in terms of differentiating between psychosis, what is a psychosis and, and what's a, a delusions, again, the uh, psych- spiritual experiences tend to have uh, positive outcomes. So if you, if, and, and they are, they are, they are, they don't create a lot of distress. So if you think of the, of, uh, the, the example of Samuel that we we gave, where he heard the voice and he went to to, to Eli and ask uh, ask, uh, did you call me? We didn't get a sense that the little boy was was traumatized by this voice and that he was somehow in a in a, in a state that he couldn't function. He he went calmly to Eli. He asked. There was nothing there that that suggest stress. So spiritual experiences often differ from psychotic experiences in that people who are going through psychotic are often in a state of stress. Uh, One of the other differences is that people who have religious experiences such as at retreats, for example, Mm. or at at uh, conferences where they hear God talking to them, or you know they see a vision uh, uh, while while their eyes are still open. These people are seeking after the, these experiences. They are they are not unwanted experiences. So one of the big difference too is that uh, psychotic. In uh, psychotic episodes, are often things that are not sought after. People find themselves there because of, of mental health reasons. And there's also a difference uh, in in meaning that is attached to the whole situation. People who have spiritual experience often have a sense of purpose. Uh, it's it's often a, a a a way to help them enhance their lives. Whereas for psychosis, it's all it's often the opposite, where we see people whose lives are falling apart as a result of the experiences that they have had. Do you begin to allude to some of the distressing effects that can come when someone is having some psychosis or delusions? How do you go about treating those things in your clinical practice? Right. I think when when someone has uh, is in the state where they're having a psychosis, it's it's very important that they get 
professional help and that they get medical help because uh, in a lot of cases, medication is necessary to help them to stabilize before you can even do other forms of therapy. But uh, once a person is in a place where they're, they're stabilized and they're not in danger to themselves or others, you can uh, CBT, which we, which we, we, we do at Elim Counseling Services, are also very helpful in helping the person to cope because one one of the 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 uh, byproduct of psychosis is fear and stress and people who are seeing these things or delusional and they're seeing things or they're hearing voices they they're they're as I said before they're convinced that these things are real but they're they're in a state of stress and uh, CBT can help to begin to help them to slow down those thoughts, begin to look at the, at the, the, the thoughts that they have, and to begin to to look at those things in other ways. So it's a it's a it's a different approach to treating. So what you're doing through CBT is that you're not refuting the thoughts because if you try to go d- directly to what you're thinking isn't there and that's wrong. You shouldn't think that way. The person is not yet in a state for that. But you can help them to say, okay, if this is the case that the rupture has happened, how else can what what can we do to cope better in this environment if that's what you really believe? I think that's such a good point. I remember I was a, a young nurse who foolishly asked someone, are you seeing or hearing things who aren't there during a mental health rotation in nursing school? And the man looked at me in the eye and he said, if I didn't know that they were there and I was seeing them, how would I know? <laughs> like I'm seeing them, they're real to me. So I think it's a really yes. great point that it's not attacking the vision because it is real for that person yes. in that moment. Yes. It's those experiences through that cognitive behavioral therapy we've talked about in the past right. on this show right. is so important. And this is why it's so very important to, to seek out professionals who do not put down your spiritual, your faith. Because even as I talk about CBT, uh, which is Cognitive behavior therapy, I should have said that. Uh, I know some of our listeners don't know what that is. Cognitive behavior therapy, uh, you can use scriptures in, in, that, in that structure to help people to cope better. So what does the Bible say about fear? What does the Bible say about God protecting you in hard times? And you can use the belief system of these people who are having uh, of, of clients who are having delusions to help them to cope better instead of going directly to the to refuting the the beliefs. And I see very quickly that we are out of time for today, and these shows goes by so quickly. So I want to thank my listeners for listening to this episode of the Life Life Transformation Show, and thank you for praying for me that as we ask for prayer at the beginning of the show to help me get you with my voice and this call that I'm having and so we want to, to, to also remind you of the retreat that is coming up go to our website to find out more it's on November 16 to 18 and uh, Melissa I thank you very much for your questions and thank you for, for suggesting that prayer from our listeners <laughs> at the beginning it was selfishly motivated <laughs> but thank you everyone for praying for Michael today and we do continue to ask you to lift us up in prayer each and every day and this ministry as a whole. So until next time, 
So until next time, this is your host, Michael Hart of Elim Counseling Services. And Melissa Waggett. Praying together that God would bless you in all your relationships and keep you sound in mind and pure in heart.